Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for our series, Dream Again. 2020 was a year of lost and broken dreams, but a new year is a fresh opportunity to grab hold of your God-given purpose. God still sees greatness in you and wants to help you dream again. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. All right, well, Happy New Year, everybody. Hey, let's give a big welcome to all our campuses, everyone at Church Online. Glad you guys are here. Happy New Year. I'm Pastor Tim, and uh, I'm excited. Uh, Today we're kicking off a brand new series we're calling Dream Again. Anybody else ready for a fresh start in 2021? Okay, yeah, after a week like this one, woof, right? Like we need, I, I don't know about you, but I am weary. I am emotionally exhausted. It's like we need some good news. Uh, and so before we jump in, um, I actually have some, some really good news this year. Uh, some of you have been asking me, you said, hey, Tim, how did we end the year? Uh, how did the December Christmas offering come in? If you're new, we uh, had a God-sized dream of raising $500,000 in December to help families who have been hard hit by COVID. And so we had this dream of giving uh, benevolence to families in need, like single parents who are, who are out of work to help pay, uh, you know, uh, an electric bill or buy them groceries, buy Christmas presents for their kids, pay off their medical debt for families who are living below the poverty line. And uh, I believe that dream wasn't just a good dream. I believe it was a God dream. Amen? Uh, certainly a God-sized dream. And today I just want to reveal the results. So I want to close up here. Give me a big drum roll. Come on. Give me a drum roll, everybody. Come on. Here we go. Give it to me. Oh, yeah. God did not provide $500,000. God did not provide $600,000. All told, God's people gave $713,000. Take a praise break. Give God a praise, man. Give him the glory because he did it. Isn't that amazing? It's all God's provision. Amen. Just Guys, you guys blew my socks off. (laughs) I am just so moved by the faithfulness of the families in this church, just your generosity and your, your heart to help others in need. I mean, you caught the vision of Jubilee, where, where God said we're going to cancel debts, we're going to help the poor, and God just kind of opened the floodgates of heaven, amen? Um, I want you to never forget this. I don't get tired of saying this, but when God gives a vision, he gives provision, amen? That's how you know it's a vision from God. Uh, the centerpiece of this offering was helping pay off unpaid medical debt for indigent families who are being crushed by medical bills, like, like you know, catastrophic hospital bills or, or COVID stuff. And so we're partnering with a nonprofit called RIPmedicaldebt.org, and we're purchasing thousands of dollars of unpaid medical debt for pennies on the dollar. And you want to hear something amazing? Again, this is good news. Guys, I was praying that God would give our church the capacity to cancel $5 million of medical debt uh, for 500, you know, families all across New Jersey, But the reality is we're going to be canceling medical debt for thousands of families in every county where we have a campus. Because of your generosity, Liquid Church is going to cancel $10 million of medical debt for families below the poverty line. Praise God. I got goosebumps, guys, by that. I really did. I am speechless. I mean, it's incredible to me. Like, remember, when God gives the vision, he gives provision. Amen? And guys, that's almost double of what we thought we could afford as a church. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank every man and woman and child and boy. who doesn't, doesn't matter what you gave. Maybe you gave $20 or $200 or $20,000. You, you put what God put in your hand, you put it in Jesus' hand. Guess what he does? He multiplies it. Amen? Think about that. Our little in Jesus' hands and, and with his heart behind it, it multiplies. So this is kind of fun. Next week, thousands of families across New Jersey 
are going to get a letter like this that says, your debt has been paid in full. That's what we do. It's, it's from Liquid Church. And we say, because we love Jesus, and here's the deal. As Christians, Jesus paid our debt of sin on the cross. Amen? So now we're just kind of paying it forward, and we're paying their medical debt in full. And that's kind of what Christians are supposed to do. We're supposed to allow the, the compassion and the, and, the, and the love of Christ it flow through us to others. You know, when I heard the results of that, I was, I was just thrilled. It, um, I was blown away. And it just reminded me of my favorite verse from Ephesians 3. I want to read this together. In fact, it's actually a, a benediction. It just means it's a blessing that people would say in unison. Can we say this together? Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Now to him who's able to do what? immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen? God gets all the glory. It's his work, guys. This is his dream for his church. So he gets all the credit. Yeah, let's just give God a praise right now. In fact, let's, can we just thank him? Let's just pray. Jesus, you did it again. We, Lord, we are humble. I don't know what to say. God, we're speechless by your faithfulness, by your love, by your generosity and compassion that these family in need, Father God, I pray they would feel blessed. Would they feel your big Abba arms of compassion and care come around them? And Holy Spirit, flood them with hope for 2021. Let them know that you are with them, God, and Liquid Church is with them too, Lord. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing, the way you're moving. We ask that all glory would go to Jesus. In his name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, I thought you guys needed some good news. I need good news. And uh, let, that, let that be a lesson to some of you that God can always do more than you can dream. Amen? Like you can, you, maybe you have a dream for 2021. Like, oh, God, I'd love you, you know, for you to do this or that. And God says, no, 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 I ain't going to do that. I'm going to do immeasurably more. I'm going to do abundantly more than you can dream or imagine. Remember how Ephesians puts it? Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or, boom, imagine. Now that's a life verse for me because it reminds me that we serve a God who can, can do exceedingly abundantly more than you or I could dream. Listen to how the message paraphrase puts Ephesians 3. I love this. It says, God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest, what, your wildest dreams. And so I, I came today to encourage those of you who are maybe feeling a little bit beat up to start the new year, right? Like, like let's be honest, 2020 was tough, right? Maybe, maybe you're like me, you feel a little bit tired, a little bit weary, <laughs> a little bit hopeless. Like, I don't know that we hit the reboot button on 2021. It seems like more of the same. And maybe you had some dreams that didn't come true in 2020. Maybe they were crushed. Maybe your dreams were derailed or, or, or delayed by COVID. I don't know. Well, God sent me to give you a fresh B12 injection of hope today. I'm, I came to boldly declare that it's 2021, and in Jesus' name, it's time to dream again. Amen? God can do far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Now, understand, I don't just mean like dreams like, oh, what do you think you want to do? I'm, I'm talking about a God-given dream, not a selfish dream. Because God has a dream for every single one of your lives. Did you know that? It's actually a dream that's linked to your divine purpose. In other words, it's the reason God put breath in your lungs. It's why he put you on planet Earth. It's why he gave you the gifts that he gave you, why he gave you the heart that you have. And, and maybe you feel a little bit like your dreams were, were crushed or, or broken or lost in 2020. But I came to declare it's time to dream again. Turn to your neighbor, tell him it's time 
to dream again. Tell your neighbor, come on, it's time to dream again. Type it in the chat, church online. Time to dream again. Let's do this. Let's open God's word to Genesis chapter 37. I want to look at the life of an ordinary guy named Joseph. Joseph the dreamer, he's just an ordinary Joe. But this, uh, this is actually one of the oldest stories in the Bible. But it's an amazing story about a young man that God gave a dream to. Actually planted a dream in his heart when he was young. And you'd think that life would be smooth sailing after God gives you a dream. But the reality is Joseph's life makes 2020 look like a cakewalk. <laughs> his life went off the rails in a big way. And through this story, what I want to teach you is what it's like to have a God-given dream for your life and how God can restore dreams that maybe are, are broken or shattered on the floor. So let's read this together. Genesis 37, verse 2. It's on your mobile app. I'll put it on the screen. Here's what God's Word says. It says, when Joseph was how old, church? He was 17 years old. He often tended his father's flocks. Now Jacob, his father, loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So daddy has a favorite, all right? So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph. A beautiful what, church? A beautiful robe. You guys remember this? Joseph in the amazing dream coat. You ever hear that one? Right? The, the Broadway play, the Technicolor dream coat. You get this. Joseph was his father's favorite. And this robe was a symbol of that. He's like, he's like this, is my, this is my pride and joy, my son. And then watch this, verse 4. I know you have siblings. <laughs> but his brothers hated Joseph <laughs> because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Well, one night, Joseph had a what? Had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. <laughs> How many of you know when God reveals a dream for your life, there's always going to be haters, Right? Listen to this dream, he said, verse 7. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain because these guys were farmers. And suddenly my bundle of grain stood up and your bundles all gathered around and what? Bowed low before mine. <laughs> Woo, isn't that an awesome dream, guys? <laughs> His brothers explained, oh, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you're going to reign over us? And they hated Joseph all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Now let's just stop there. Because I'll admit, like when God gives a dream for your life, it's exciting. I mean, some of you are teenagers. Joseph was only 17 years old when God kind of downloaded this divine dream into his life. That he'd be important in a position of authority someday, maybe leading a nation. And it must have filled Joe with this, this sense of like divine destiny. But did you notice? There's always haters, right? See, because it's a God-given dream for your life, it means that it's going to attract enemy opposition, sometimes from those closest to you. You know, some of you know what I'm talking about. This week on, uh, on social media, just to get us thinking, I said, what are your dreams for 2021? I actually said, hey, complete the sentence. In 2021, one of my dreams is to blank. And I love what some of you put. Lizzie said this, she said, um, my dream is to get a good job and to be a good first-time mom. That's awesome. Awesome dream, right? I like what Phil said. Phil said, my dream in 2021 is to be more sensitive and obedient to the Holy Spirit and share the gospel this year with more people than I could dream or imagine. That's an awesome dream, Phil. God, awesome job, my brother. God's a dream giver. In other words, he plants desires in your heart. 
He gives his people visions. Some of them are, are linked to maybe your role in life or in your family or your job. Others are about helping people know Jesus. There's all sorts of dreams God has, and some of them are just like everyday life. Look what, look what other people wrote. In 2021, one of my dreams is to, Danielle said, meet my future spouse. All right, we're just connect, make a, make a love connection here, all right? Gabby said, uh, or Mary Beth said, go back to school. Gabby said, buy our first house. Some of you are like, yeah, that's, that's me. Marilyn said, memorizing the word of God. These are awesome dreams. These, these are godly dreams. The question is like, how do you know a dream is from God and not just your own imagination? I want to show you today five specific qualities of a God-given dream right here from the life of Joseph, Okay. The next couple of weeks, when we look at the life of Joseph, and I want to encourage you by this, and I'm going to write this on the board because I was like, one of my dreams is to, is to draw before a live studio audience. <laughs> and so, you know, it's funny. People say, like, how do you do that, man? How are you able to, uh, to draw like that? I was like, bro, I taught high school, man. I taught fifth-year senior Shakespeare. If I could teach fifth-year senior Shakespeare, I can teach you about the devil. Okay, I like, and so when I was a teacher, I would have to draw with my back to the class and everything. So I'm just going to write on my magic board here, dream. Did I spell it right? D-R-E-A-M. Awesome. Dream. Come on, give me some love for that. That's pretty, that's. <laughs> there are five qualities of a God-given dream. And today, I'm only going to get to the first two. We'll finish the final three next week. But if you're taking notes... What are the five qualities of a God-given dream? Not a selfish dream, but one that God gives you. And the first is D. And what I'm going to do is Joseph had a technicolor dream code, code of many colors. So I'm going to give you a chance. You pick. God, you pick, Mel. Which one? What you, orange? Pink? Green? Pink or green? Pink or green? Which one? Oh, I heard pink. All right. We start with the pink. We start with the ladies. Here we go. Sorry, that wasn't like sex. It's just pink. That's what it is. It's very... Manly color. Okay, here's what it's going to do. D is going to be, here it is. A God-given dream has a way of directing your destiny. In other words, it's not just about something I want to do. It's connected for the purpose God puts you on this planet. It gives you this motivation for moving forward in your life. And it's a dream. In other words, it's, it's like a vision. Like you can see it in the future. It may be foggy. You don't know the details. But God gives a vision, and it's part of his plan and purpose for your life. And it directs your destiny. Everyone say destiny. Joseph was 17 years old. He was a teenager when God revealed his dream for Joseph's life. Any high schoolers here? College students? <clears throat> Listen, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. God puts you on this planet for a precise purpose. And it's not an accident that you were born at this precise moment in history. Okay? You're like, man, this, 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 you know, with everything going on, all this racial unrest, all this political chaos, all this, this cultural upheaval, God chose you to live at this moment in time. And he has a purpose or a dream for your life. You have a role to play in his salvation story. Do you know what Acts 17 says? It's also one of my favorite verses. Acts says this. It says, God determined the times set for men and women in the exact places where they should live. I want you to think about that. You didn't choose to live in New Jersey. <laughs> you didn't choose to be alive right now, but God did. He chose you. He literally decided that you would be the generation of millennials or Gen Z. He chose this moment in history for you and the exact place where you should live. That's why you grew up in that rural town. Or that big city. 
It's shaped you. It's how he shaped you from birth. God has a design on your life that will direct your destiny. So you can't just do your own selfish thing and say, God bless it. you got to find out what God's purpose for your life is. Maybe it's to reform corruption in government or advocate for racial justice. So when I say dream, I just want, I want to clarify what I mean by dream here. I don't mean like, oh, I went to sleep and I had a dream and I was like, I was like riding this pack of dolphins through space, you know, jumping rainbows, eating Skittles. I don't mean like a, you know, I mean, I get it. Listen, I don't want to mock that. God does still speak today. I've heard to people in dreams. But you ever have like a dream where like, you know, you wake up and you wonder like, was that God or was that like the burrito <laughs> I had last night, right? <clears throat> when I say dream, I'm talking about the passion and the purpose that God planted in your heart from birth. You may not even know what it is. It's your, it's your, your talents are a clue. Your skills are a clue. Your passions are a clue. Where you live, everything about you was handcrafted by your God for a purpose and a God-given role in the salvation story he's writing with your life. And so understand that God has a dream that will de direct your destiny like it did with Joseph. The Bible says Joseph was 17 years old, and one night he had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field, we're tying up these bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stands up and your bundles bow down before mine. Aren't you excited, brothers of mine? <laughs> now let me warn you. When God gives a dream for your life, ain't everybody going to like it, right? If you have older brothers or sisters, <clears throat> and God gives you a dream, specifically one that involves them bowing down to you, I do not recommend doing what Joseph did here. You actually got to be careful with who you share your dream with. Did you know this? Some people are dream killers. Turn to your neighbor, tell them you're a dream. No, don't do that. Some people are dream killers. In other words, they will get jealous and watch you speak death over you. And you need people. It's one of the reasons you go to church. You need people in your life who will help nurture the seed of your dream and support you. But Joseph is very young here. He's 17. And guess what? He was immature. He was a bit brash. He was kind of boastful and naive about how others would hear his dream. But I want you to imagine God gave you a world-changing dream like this as a teenager. Personally, I, I didn't have a dream like that when I was 17. Uh, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey, never dreamed, like, being a world changer for Christ. <laughs> the 17-year-olds in my, my hometown, we, we had one dream, was to hang out behind 7-Eleven and drink as much Coors Light as we could, okay? I'm just telling you. So I just listen, young people. The devil's going to try to distract you with all sorts of folly and silliness. But don't waste your life because Joseph shows us you're never too young for God to plant a dream in your heart, to reveal a role for you to play that can forever direct and alter your destiny. That is the mark of a God dream. It's not just your desire, what you want. It's a dream for what God wants. His desire birthed through you. You know, the dream of Liquid Church was birthed in me in my 20s. It's kind of funny. God gave me a vision to start a different kind of church for people who don't like church. And it seemed crazy at the time because I didn't like church. That was part of me. I'm sitting bored in church. I was growing up with this kind of holy discontent. But I began dreaming of a place where God's, God's word would actually come to life for a new generation and, and where worship wasn't like just sit down, stand up kind of. It was like passionate, you know, and free, and it touched the heart. 
It, I'm just telling you, man, I've seen God's dream for our church come to life before my eyes. But if you had told me when I was 17, sitting bored in church, I'd lead a world changer church like Liquid Man, where like lost people find hope, the broken find healing, that we get to serve our cities in Jesus, not just a single seat, but we have a God-given dream to saturate the whole state with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'd say, man, you aren't dreaming. You're behind 7-Eleven. You smoking doobies. <laughs> At 17, I couldn't imagine God had a dream for my life, but he did, and he has one for you too. Like Joseph, a God-given dream will D, it will direct your destiny, but here's the thing. It requires, oh, let's pick another color. Pick another color. Go ahead. Yellow, orange, green. Oh, I hear the greens have it. The greens have it. All right, here we go. Green, 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 green. The Technicolor dream coat. The reason it directs your destiny, here's the thing. Everyone gets excited about that, but the problem is it requires patience. Everyone say patience. We hate to wait. Anybody else have a problem with patience like me? We are an impatient people. And it's not just patience, it's patience with God's plan. It's patience with God's process. The way he brings us to our dream is not by just drafting a three-step plan. There's a larger process that you have to recognize or else it's going to make your life hell. See, one of the reasons we give up on our dreams is when it doesn't happen right away. Amen? We all love the idea, hey, God has a custom plan for my life. And you know what, maybe it, maybe, there, maybe it is to be married someday, or it's to start a family, or maybe it's to have a ministry. Here's the problem. When it doesn't materialize right away, we're like, oh, I guess not. We give up. We throw in the towel. Look at Joseph's dream here. Look at this in, in, in Genesis 37. I want to show you something. That, this is fascinating this week. This is Genesis 37. Do you know when this dream of Joseph's comes true, finally materializes? It ain't in Genesis 38. <laughs> It's not in Genesis 39. It's not chapter 40 or 41. It finally comes to pass 23 years later in Genesis 42. Joseph is 17 years old when God revealed his divine destiny to lead a nation one day, but he was 40 years old when he was governor of Egypt. But I dare you to read it this week. Put your finger in your Bible and flip over to Genesis 42 and Joseph's dream, you'll see, came true actually in the middle of a global famine. It was a terrible, he was serving in Pharaoh's court in Egypt. And because of his ability to actually interpret dreams, Pharaoh put him in charge of the whole country. Look what it says. Since Joseph was governor of all Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him that his brothers came. So all of a sudden his brothers now come 23 years later to see him. And when they arrived, what's it say, church? They what? Bowed before him with their faces to the ground. I want you to catch this. Joseph is now 40 years old. He's sitting on a throne in the palace in Egypt. His brothers walk in. They don't like even recognize him. He's like Egyptian now. He's probably wearing like eye makeup and a gold gown and got like a snake on his head and all that whole thing, right? And they don't recognize him. They're just like, your majesty, we're just asking you for some food. And you know Joseph is like, really? <laughs> He's probably like, hmm, this is very interesting. I mean, I know you don't recognize me now. Um, do you remember that little dream of mine when we were kids? Something about stalks of grain bound down before me. 
I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so, sucker, right? You, you, like, you, that's how I would have done it. <laughs> What's my point? Guys, it took over two decades for God's dream for Joseph's life to come to pass. And a lot happened in between. His brothers threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery. He went to prison for a decade before winding up in the palace in Egypt. What's the point? When God gives a dream for your life, he will test you in many ways, but the biggest test is time. Biggest test is time. Remember that. Those of you who are tempted to quit or throw in the towel. You know, I was talking to one couple in our church who, um, they had a dream in 2020 of starting a family. Wanted to have a baby. They didn't care, boy or girl. They're just like, we just want a healthy baby. <clears throat> didn't happen. It wasn't just coronavirus stuff. They had trouble conceiving. They went through a, through a miscarriage. <clears throat> I could just see in their eyes, there was so much like sadness, you know? And they were heartbroken. There was grief. They tried again and then again. They did testing. And, and I was like, how's it going? They're like, well, now we're in the middle of this long slog of fertility treatments. And Tim, it is hard. It's painful. And I get that. My pastor's heart breaks. But my preacher's heart wants to say, don't you dare lose hope. Because here's the truth of God's word. God's delays are not always God's denials. Amen? Just because your dream is delayed on earth doesn't mean it's denied in heaven. You actually got to press in and pray for it. You got to fast for it. That's why we're doing this, by the way. Our church-wide 21-day fast starts this Monday. Fasting is one of the ways that we press into God and come after all he has for your life, your family in 2021. So if you're not fasting, man, you got to join us. My wife, Colleen, and I, we're doing a Daniel fast. You know, you eat like fruits and vegetables for 21 days. I was like, we're coming after dreams, and I'd like to tighten my belt a little bit. <laughs> but we're praying for multiple dreams, for, for breakthrough for our children. We have the dream of seeing restoration in a friend's marriage. We're praying for God's dream for my wife's business, God's dream for our church. Fasting and praying is part of God's plan to discern his purpose for your life. And watch this. It brings the power of heaven on earth into your life. But you have to be patient, understand, with God's process. Because here's the truth. Write this down. This is going to help somebody. Dreams are conceived long before they're achieved. You follow that? Dreams are conceived way before they're achieved. There's space between. In other words, from the time that God plants it in your heart to the moment he brings it to pass, there's this space between. Does that make sense? And right now, some of you are in the messy middle. <laughs> you are literally right here in the journey. You're like, I am stuck in the middle of this journey. And the reality is, guys, when you look at that and, and, and you think about, like, who am I in Jesus' story? Here's who Jesus is. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Jesus is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end, but you're living in the middle. <laughs> you're stuck right now, smack dab in the middle of the story God's writing with your life. And some of you, I just, I just get it. I, you hate being in the middle. I understand. Like, may, maybe you're single and you don't see anybody right now on the horizon. You have a dream of being married, and, 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 but the pandemic's made you more isolated. Or maybe you have dreams for, for your child, you know? 
but you just like, you don't see the progress and you're wondering, will they ever launch? <laughs> and, and if you're honest, you're like, Tim, I don't feel God. I don't feel hopeful. I just feel desolation. Can I encourage you? Even when you can't see it, God is still working. Amen? Even when you can't see it, even when you can't, God is still working. You have to be patient and trust, listen to this, the process. Because God's working on his timetable, not yours. We want to happen overnight. I get it. It's Amazon. One-click shopping, baby. Right? But God's handcrafting your life, and it takes time. There will be delays. There will be setbacks. There will be seasons where you look around, and it doesn't seem like God's doing a dream. I don't, God ain't doing nothing in my life. You're going to see this next week. Joseph's brothers actually attack him, throw him into a pit, and then listen to this. They sell him into slavery. This is the first account of human trafficking in the Bible. First one in history. And Joseph sold into human trafficking by his brothers, and he had to be shaking his head like, God, what are you doing? Was that, was that you, God, or was it the burrito I hate? <laughs> Why did God delay Jacob's, Joseph's dream like that? You know, we don't know all the reasons. I'll tell you one of them. During those intervening years when Joseph was in prison in Potiphar's house, the Bible describes how God was forging something deep in his heart. He was forging Joseph's character on the anvil of adversity. Remember when we first meet Joseph? He's 17 and he's kind of brash and he's really immature. But let me tell you, read it this week in your devotions, Genesis 42. When we meet Joseph then on the throne of power... He's unrecognizable, and it's not just the eyeshadow. He literally deflects attention from himself, and he gives the glory to God. He says, Pharaoh, I can't, I can't interpret your dream, but my God can. What was God doing in Joseph's life all those years in between? Answer, developing his humility, deepening his character. Forging his wisdom and compassion. So you've got to have patience for the process. Every storm you go through is a school. Every experience will educate you in God's school. Let me put it this way. When something happens to you, God wants to do something in you. That's a fact. God is passionate, not so much about your dream, but about your development, your maturity, growing into the form, going into like Christ, like his son as you pursue his dream for your life. So understand, listen, don't mishear me. God doesn't bring trouble, but he'll use trouble. He'll use it in your life. The truth is, God ain't interested in your comfort. Some of you are like, Tim, could, could you be a little, little more positive? I'm positive he's not interested in your comfort. He's interested in your character, and he wants to use your life in a greater way than you can imagine or dream. But he says, can I use some trials and troubles to develop you because I'm a faithful God who loves you like my son or daughter? Guys, it's like my kids. Have you noticed, by the way, kids, kids now that their homes, you know, they're Zooming and everything, they are hostile in the morning. I, I, when I go in and try to wake up my teenage kids, like I'll go in, you know, with the most chipper, like, hey, guys. They're like, ah. It's like goal of, ah. They got like, I'm like exorcism. Like, just get on the Zoom, you know. Like, they like growl at me, man. I'm vicious, man. I, all right, just me. Okay. <laughs> but you know what I tell my kids? I, I press in. I, I, I go, I go, guys, you got to get up. And I, I put a cross out. I go, you got to get up. 
Because daddy ain't interested in your comfort. I'm interested in you getting out of this house one day. And then you can come back in and take care of me when I'm old. No, listen, it'd be easier for me as a father to say, oh, you know what? Yeah, honey, don't worry about it. Just sleep in. It's just Zoom. You can skip school. But I want to develop their character. It's the same thing with God. He wants to do a deeper soul-shaping work in you. And that's why you must have patience for his process. Guys, life is not what happens to you. It's your response to what happens to you. Amen? Through every trial and tribulation and curveball that life throws Joseph's way, you'll see this. He never loses his faith. He never lost his trust. His trust that my God, my Father in heaven, is on his throne. He's ordering my steps, and God is with me 100% of the time. When Joseph was in prison, he probably had a moment like, uh, Lord, hello. <laughs> Saying exactly what I had in mind. This is not part of my dream. But you know the Bible says in Genesis 39, look at this. It says, the Lord, let's read it out loud. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered even while in prison. See, Joseph had what I call the God with me factor. Like even when the dream looked bleak, he was 100% confident God is still with me. He is on board. He is steering. He's writing the story. He's steering the ship. And that's why he prospered. The Lord was with Joseph, so that he prospered. And then it says it again, so pay attention. Verse 20, it says, The Lord was with him, and he showed him what? He showed him kindness and granted Joseph what? Favor. I call this the God with me factor. Like, here's a question for you. I just wonder, like, what would you dream in 2021 if you knew, like, like you were utterly convinced in the depth of your soul that God was with you? What would you dare dream? Like, what would you dare dream, even in your barrenness, even in the pain of your, your dating breakup, even in the middle of this college or career transition? If God was with you 100%, I know it, what would you dare dream? If you had that confidence that God is for me, then who can be against me? What would you dream if you were utterly convinced that God was with you the whole time? Because remember, a God-given dream, it requires patience with God's process. You know, I wonder right now, as I look out at your faces and some of you are church online, I'm looking in your living room. I wonder what dreams you've had that you're ready to give up on. Like you're tempted to just give it up, give up. Look what Casey said. Casey said, to buy a house, but I don't think we can afford a decent house. I know, it's New Jersey. <laughs> I'm trying to be hopeful, but it's difficult. Uh, yeah. Casey, can I just come into your living room and declare and decree, God is with you. God is with Casey. Give her a hand. God is with you, my sister. Don't give up. Don't give in. Lean into God. Pray for it faster. Let me tell you something. This church is filled with families and singles who will tell you story after story of how God provided for their home. How God made a way when there was no way because he's a way maker. Amen? He is. I'm just telling you. Now don't skip like what God's doing in your life if you're like, because I can't afford anything because I'm so in debt. Like maybe the first step to a house is like to take, you know, Dave Ramsey or something like that. 
I get it, but you got to trust the process. Look what Jonathan said. This is cool. Jonathan said his dream is to open a girl's safe house in India. We're building in India. It will house 70 vulnerable girls. Should be done by December. Please pray as these girls need urgent help. Dude, this is like a young guy in his like 20s or 30s. I got to introduce him to the girl who like, you know, was looking for a husband. That's a connection. I'm just, I'm just telling you, Jonathan had what I call, or the, I've heard it called, I should say. I want to take credit for it. Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, he called every, every great company has a BHAG. You know what it stands for? A big, hairy, audacious goal. And I was like, I'm stealing it. But I declare it's a big, holy, audacious goal. It's like this dream is doomed to fail unless God shows up. Jonathan's got a BHAG. That brother is a world changer. I want you to think about this. There's a man right now, a young man, sitting in America, and he's dreaming of helping liberate traffic girls in India. Jonathan, go get it, bro. Just go get it. Don't be discouraged. If God gives the vision, he gives provision. Amen? If it's God's will, it's God's bill. <laughs> no matter how long it takes, don't give up on your dream, my friends. Now listen, it may not look exactly like you thought it would. It may not happen exactly on your timetable. But, but you've but you got to be patient. This is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I love what Galatians says. It says, um, let us not become weary in doing good. So it just acknowledges, like, it gets tiring, right? Or doing the right thing when the rest of the world's going to hell in a handbasket. But it says, for at the proper time, not maybe necessarily this time, but at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we what? Say it together. Do not give up. Say it again. Do not give up. One more time. Do not give up. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't give up. Go ahead. Tell them, don't give up. <clears throat> now, turn to your second choice and say, don't give up. <laughs> There's always a second choice. <laughs> Turn to the other person, you say, you really shouldn't give up. <laughs> you know, just because a dream is delayed on earth, guys, it doesn't mean it's denied in heaven. If it's truly a God-given dream, there may be setbacks, but listen to me, God can use it to set up something even greater. That's what we're going to get to next week. So if you feel like you're kind of stuck to start 2021, I'm just, I'm just telling you, it is time to dream again. And I'm preaching to myself. I have, to, I have to tell myself this because I'm not a patient person. Did you know that about me? <laughs> Thank you. My wife knows. My kids know. Most of our staff knows. <laughs> I am an activist by nature. In other words, I'm a catalyst. I like to make things happen, you know. And I do not like to wait. And can I, can I just be honest? Can I just have an honest moment with you? Gosh. Waiting to reopen all seven campuses of our church, it's kind of killing me inside. Is it killing anybody else? It really is. It's killing me. It's killing you. I just want to hug somebody in person one day, you know, without a mask. I know it's killing many. If your campus isn't open yet, I know you're missing your home. You're missing seeing your friends, your church family in person. Your kids are missing liquid family and their mentors. And, and mom and dad, you're missing just dropping them off for an hour and I don't have them. I get it. 
And like you guys know, we, we're, we're patient and we're committed. We're committed to safety. We're wearing masks, protecting the most vulnerable people in our life. But I'm just telling you, if it were up to me, man, I would snap my fingers. I'd open the doors and get the whole church in here worshiping again, hugging, laying hands on people. Because You know why? Because I'm like, Jesus, we have a BHAG. We have a big, holy, audacious goal. We're going to saturate the state with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's go, Jesus. Come on. You know what I'm learning? That's not the Holy Spirit's voice. That's just my anxiety and adrenaline talking. And so right now, God is pruning me and teaching me something. He is teaching me to trust the process that God is sovereignly using this slowdown season to do a deeper work in our whole church, starting with me. A deeper work of pruning, a, a deeper work of praying, a deeper dependency on Jesus, because what else is there? A deeper work on bringing emotional health to our pastors. And I'll just be honest, although I don't like being in the messy middle here between these chapters, I am choosing to be patient with my Father's process. And I am believing that whenever we fully reopen, whether it's the spring or the summer, whatever, we are going to come back stronger and healthier than ever before. Amen. Give God a praise. Believe it with me. We have a dream. We got a dream, man. I, I, I draw strength from Habakkuk. He's, he's the Hebrew prophet. I'll leave you with this verse. God gave Habakkuk a vision. And he's, Habakkuk was honest. He actually seems like, God, I want to believe in your, your dream. But I just don't see it coming true anytime soon. And you know what God told Habakkuk? Listen to this. He said, this is what God said. He said, these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, don't despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be what, church? Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. A God-given dream, it requires patience with the process. It directs your destiny. That, these are the first two qualities of a God-given dream. And the E stands for, you, right? you know what the E stands for? Well, you got to come back next week. <laughs> Find out. I hope you'll come back because there, there's a bunch of curveballs in this story. It's like a 48 hours episode. Let me just encourage, I can't wait to show this to you. But I want to just like end today just by asking you this question. What would you dream if you were utterly convinced in your heart of hearts that God was with you? What, what, what would you dream? If you were convinced God is with me as strong as he was with Joseph, would you be willing to dream again in 2021? Would you be willing to actually open your heart to the possibility that God has something greater? Not just a little bit, immeasurably abundantly more than you could ask or imagine. Guys, you got, my, my, one of my dreams is you would get this deep down in your soul. God's got to conceive it before you achieve it. So to make this personal, I want to close by reading Genesis 39, and I want you to insert your name. I don't want you to read the name Joseph or him. I want you to say your name out loud. So put this verse on the screen. And if you're a Christ follower, I want you to say your name out loud when you come to the blank. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Here we go. Big, loud voice. The Lord was with. He showed kindness and granted 
favor. Melissa, God is with you. I heard you the most. Give Melissa a hand. I just, God's with, God's on Melissa. It's time to dream again, church. It's time to dream again. Let's put our hands out. Come on, everyone, put your hands out. Open your arms up wide, even if you're at church online. Just open your arms up. It's a way of saying, God, I'm opening my whole life to you. Just open yourself right now to God's presence and his power, to his dream for your life. I want to start this year by believing the best is yet to come, because it is. Jesus is with you. He's going to do a new work in your heart. Don't delay. Wait for it. It might seem slow, but don't get depressed. Things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. Let's open our arms right now. Just we're, we're opening our whole life to Christ, and we want to commit our dreams. Let's commit our dreams. Let's commit our families. Commit our kids. Commit this nation to Christ. Let's commit our fasting and our prayers to Jesus. Pray with me. Father God, we are opening our whole life. Who else do we have but you, Jesus? Lord, though the oceans foam and the mountains tremble, God, you are a rock. Everything changes, but Jesus Christ, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the way you are with Joseph is the way right now you're with Melissa, is the way you're with Ken, is the way you're with Charlie, is the way you're with Kyra. You are the God who is with us. You'll never leave us or forsake us. Jesus, you've literally gone to hell and back to be with us and plant the Holy Spirit like a deposit, a seal in our heart, guaranteeing what's to come. And so right now I ask for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit on each of your children. Father God, for those who are feeling hopeless, Lord, just breathe hope into them. Loose new dreams, I ask. Father, I pray for the prophecy in Acts. It said, in the last days, you will pour out your spirit on all flesh, and young people will dream dreams, and old people will have visions. And I pray that you'd loose them, Lord, in this church, not for our good, but for your glory. Give us godly dreams, God. I pray for the ones that are just self-centered desires, that they just fall away like dust. But the gold would shimmer to the surface because you've got a plan for us. Plans to prosper us, to give us hope and a future. Lord, we receive everything, but most of all, we receive the gift of salvation. We ask Jesus anew into our life and into our heart. Just pray with me, church. Jesus, come into my heart. I open it all to you. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I give you my life. Help me to dream again. Give me your dream, and I'll follow you all of my days. I ask that in the name of Jesus and for his glory, everybody said together, amen. Church, let's give God a big praise. Give him worship him, church. It's time to dream again. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.